and welcome to this episode of Between Sermons, where we are continuing the conversation from Sunday, uh, really trying to take the monologue that is a Sunday sermon and turn it into an actual conversation uh, with a real person. Uh, and so today I have uh, Asa Slaughter. Good morning, all. I'm Campus happy to be pastor here. extraordinaire. Yeah, it's good to have you. Good to have, good to be here. Yeah. yeah, this is good. This is awesome. <laughs> it's I can't believe we're like twelve episodes in, and we've finally gotten you in the chair. I was wondering. Actually, I wasn't, and I'm not going like, <laughs> to. I wasn't wondering. Not gonna my lie. wife was wondering. You're not going to lie in the. She in said, the podcast? "Are you not good enough to be on a podcast?" <laughs> I said, "You know, the proof is in the pudding. I what do you want me to do?" You know, I don't want to mess with Tracy. <laughs> uh, you know, she. She works in surgical room, yeah. and I have a feeling she could hide a body really well. Uh, yeah, so I was not going to mess pieces. with that. <laughs> she could get it in small pieces. <laughs> so, yeah, so we're continuing the conversation, not about Crocs, which is actually what we were talking about uh, just before this. Uh, Asa is an avid Croc wearer. Um, so if you see him in the hallway sometime, you might want to ask him about his Croc collection and his it's, charms. The charms are, you know, very popular. So charms. <laughs> we're not going to do charms. But if your feet hurt, try Crocs. That's all I'm going to say. Or don't. But um, <laughs> so the conversation we are continuing, though, is this past Sunday was Pentecost. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, I really just want to kind of dive into what does that mean? What does that mean to you? What's what's your experience with that? Now, this this word Pentecost, um, you know, I joked about it on Sunday that, it, you know, it, it's a scary word for some people uh, because it's so similar to Pentecostal mm -hmm. uh, and Pentecostal kind of gives some people this image of, you know, snake, snake handlers and people like running around the building and just some, some crazy foolishness. Yeah. Uh, but the word Pentecost really just means 50. It's just a designation of, uh, after Moses received the law, uh, 50 days, uh, well, actually 50 days after the Passover, Moses receives the law. That's the day of Pentecost. Um, and so we celebrate it, uh, in the new Testament. It's the day that the church was born. So like Pentecost should be like, all right, Christmas, because you got Jesus' birth. Mm -hmm. You got Easter, because it's the resurrection. Mm -hmm. Pentecost, like, uh, that's our big three holidays. Uh, and yet, for a lot of people, Pentecost is kind of just, it's almost like they forget that it even happened. Uh, what, what, what's been your kind of, before we get into your, like, personal story of uh, the Holy Spirit, what's what's been your kind of experience with Pentecost growing up was that was that something that was emphasized did you go to like all uh, all white war, uh, wardrobe you know Pentecost services was that not a thing for you like that was not a thing um, okay. but um, I would say from a Pentecost service standpoint as a kid I don't even remember any although I was in a church that was definitely a Pentecostal type of church um, but I've been in a lot of different kind of churches where, yes, you have people swinging from the chandeliers and yes, you've had order. <laughs> um, and yeah. I've learned over the years that order is um, a godly thing, but um, you can't throw out all of the good parts of yeah. it um, because humans get weird sometimes. So Yeah, it's, it's funny. We're actually going to talk about that this coming Sunday mm -hmm. in the message, but um, I, I think Christianity is only as weird as you make it. Right. Uh, and the Holy Spirit is only as weird as you make it. And, and sadly... The, the reality is there's weird people out there mm -hmm. like uh, and if you're one of the weird people, um, no offense. Uh, but <laughs> the, the rea I think the I think the reality is we're all weird in some some capacity. In mm -hmm. some way, we're all weird. Like you love Crocs. Uh, that's weird. Um, I don't know why I keep just yeah, leave yeah, the Crocs. Just, we were going to leave the Crocs up. from this uh, episode, but he's <laughs> he's going rogue. <laughs> this happens on between sermons. Uh, and so uh, I think weirdness is just it's inevitable. Uh, everybody's weird about something, you know, you start talking about video games to me and I'll get weird with it. Like, it's just, yeah, it's always uh, weird when you yeah. nerds get into the video game. Yeah, sure. And I, I'll own that. Like, it's just, there's, there's, there's levels of weird. I think that the Pentecostal movement has, has attracted more people that lean towards the weird. Uh, and so it kind of creates this, man, it's almost like a lot of, uh, churches, a lot of denominations, a lot of Christians have thrown the, the baby out with the bathwater. Mm -hmm. Where it's like, well, those people took this thing and made it weird. And so I don't think that it any of it is good. Um, and, and man, I, I feel like there's so many people that are missing out on what God is trying to do because they've seen what some, some weird people have done with it. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think it's like that not only with Pentecost, um, and with just things involving the spirit of God and the gifts yeah. of the spirit. Um, but it's like that with a lot of different parts of what the word says. Um, you have some people that may abuse it and take it too far. So you'll have others that say, well, that can't be God. 
Right. Um, when in actuality, it's you can get in the ditch on the left, you can get in the ditch on the right, but the idea is to stay down the middle of the road. Yeah. So um, I think that the goal with Christ and most things is balance. Um, God is it's balanced. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but he is also, he trusts us enough to let us be free. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't embarrass him when we get crazy because yeah. he's always there still trying to pull us back to center. Yeah. So um, I think it's more man being more thrown off by the weirdness than it is God, because God ultimately just wants you to, hey, he wants to lead God and get you back on center with every part yeah. of your life. Yeah. So now I, I can agree with that for sure. Um, I think, how would I put this? Um, I think for some, uh, we've, we've placed what God can and cannot do into too small of a box. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that uh, in doing so, we're, we're, we're missing out on what, what God is actually trying to do. So uh, here at CLC, we, we would consider ourselves uh, a charismatic church. Uh, which means that, I mean, there's two th- sides of theology for this. It's continuationist or cessationist. Mm-hmm. So did the gifts of the Holy Spirit that are clearly evident in Scripture, okay, did those continue beyond Scripture or did they cease? Was, was that what the church needed until they got their Bible? Uh, and then once the church got their Bible, those things stopped happening. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the, the division uh, that's been made between Christians. Now, the, the, the sad reality is um, it's created so much animosity between both sides, uh, between the cessationists and the continuationists, uh, that that now it's just gotten into these ugly arguments about who's really saved and who's really going to heaven. Mm-hmm. And look, I, I think that you can go to heaven and never once speak in tongues, uh, never once see a, a gift of the Spirit in operation. Mm-hmm. But as long as Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, um, you know, Heaven is yours. That's that's what Scripture promises us. Uh, but I think that your trip to heaven is is not going to be quite as exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. and I don't want to I don't want to put God in a box. So that that would be kind of our stance here at CLC is uh, we're charismatic, believe in full gift uh, of the full gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, fruit of the Spirit. Uh, you know, there's there's nine gifts of the Spirit in what is it, First Corinthians, Second Corinthians. I'm missing my my ones and twos. Um, one of the Corinthians. Uh, yeah. I think it's First yeah. Corinthians. Um, uh, so there's nine gifts there. I think our, our uh, spiritual gifts test that we do in growth track uh, has 24 gifts uh, that we talk about that are pulled from various parts of, of the New Testament. Um, so we fully embrace all of that stuff. Now I want to I get into the, the thing that's awkward for some people is the uh, speaking in tongues. So Asa, you are a tongue-talking charismatic. Mm-hmm. What, what did, when did that happen? What is that? What does that look like for you? What does that mean for you? Tell so me your story It's interesting because um, I was thinking about that just with the service yesterday and just with this being our series. Mm-hmm. And I can't even pinpoint when I start speaking in tongues. Um, it's kind of like he actually kind of said it, that he wants his children to not remember a time when they didn't speak in tongues. And I was thinking about it. And I'm like, well, I kind of don't remember a time when I wasn't speaking in tongues. Um, so. Apparently, <laughs> I learned at an early age that that was a thing yeah. and that it was real. Um, so it's something that I've been doing since I was a kid. Um, I grew up in the church. I grew up with a praying mother who um, our survival was based on her being able to pray and her also being able to pray when she had no idea what to pray. And um, that's what the word talks about when you're praying in the spirit is um, sometimes you just don't even know what to say, but pray in the spirit and you speak in God's will. So um, my story would be um, definitely one that has seen the benefit of it, um, that has seen the different, just all of the different parts of the benefits of the Holy Spirit and the purpose of the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to um, show us truth, to be able to just... um, let us see things that are not always on the surface. Yeah. Um, so I would say it's been a great ride with God um, and without speaking in tongues, but also just knowing that there's a Holy Spirit in me to lead, guide, comfort. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of rough things that I've experienced that on the outside, on the surface, it should be my experience should be rough. It's not. But if I look at the circumstance, yeah, that was a rough circumstance. But my remembrance of it is not a rough remembrance just because I believe God has comforted me through a lot of yeah. crazy things yeah. in a way that is just kind of unspeakable, that it's only God. Yeah. 
So, um, so yeah, you can go to heaven, but it could be a much better ride down <laughs> here if you embrace the gift of the Holy Spirit that God promised us. Yeah. So it's interesting. My my story is similar. I, I mean, I actually I do remember the the moment. Um, it's it's one of the only childhood memories that like is very vivid for me still. Uh, most stuff from my childhood, I don't I don't remember nothing. People talk about like their kindergarten teachers, and I'm like I couldn't. Right. I couldn't tell you nothing <laughs> about that person. Uh, but uh, I was I was filled with the Holy Spirit, spoke in tongues when I was, uh, I think I was five years old, uh, which seems way early. Like, like my kids are beyond five now, and I'm looking at them when they were five, and I'm like, I don't know how like yeah. that, that even happened for me. Uh, but at the same time, like I, I, I tell people all the time, I'm so grateful that I was filled with the Holy Spirit and, and spoke in tongues at that moment in my life. Uh, simply because I am way too stuck in my head 90% of the time. And I am, I'm skeptical of everything. So I, I know that if I didn't have that experience as a kid uh, and grew up with Mm -hmm. it, yeah, 20 year old Brent, I don't know that I, I don't know that anybody would have been able to convince me that this wasn't somebody just being weird. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm really grateful that, uh, that I had that experience because, uh, even now I'm still skeptical of a lot of things. You know, if somebody claims a a miracle or a healing Mm -hmm. and I want to know the details, like talk me through that. Okay. What, what really happened here? Um, and I've just heard too many stories of people faking things Mm -hmm. and, and all that. So I'm, I'm skeptical of just about everything. Uh, but, um, man, I'm, I'm still so great. I, like, I do not know how I would function as a Christian, uh, without a prayer language. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think maybe even sometimes it probably goes uh, into the, the realm of too far where I don't pray in English enough mm-hmm. where it's like, I'm, I'm, I need to be able to articulate my prayers, but there's so many times where I'm like, I just, I do not know what to say. Uh, but I know that I need to, to be with God in this moment. Mm-hmm. And that's where a prayer language just comes in. It's just like, thank you. Thank you for this thing that can help me get through those moments. Yeah. Yeah. And I had a conversation with someone about that exact thing about, can I just be praying in tongues too much? And is it bad if I'm not, um, you know, praying in, in English? She speaks yeah. English. Um, and for me, that's a hard one because if praying in the spirit, according to the word, is praying the perfect will of God. It may be better. <laughs> we might want to stick to that a little bit more yeah. than what comes into our head yeah. and we say. What, what um, does Paul say? I, I pray more than, than any of you yeah, in the spirit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's, um. so it is an interesting thing because, um. I don't know that you can do it too much, and I don't know that it can be out of balance. Maybe it can. I started this off by talking about balance. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, sometimes somebody can come up to you, and you have no idea really, truly how to pray for them or what to pray for them. So if it's even just in that moment kind of praying in the Spirit for a second until you hear from God on how to pray for them. Yeah. Um, so I just think that we need to value that we just don't know it. We don't know it all. And we don't know um, what's behind a lot of circumstances. And if we want to pray um, a prayer of faith, we might want to get that from God. I mean, the Bible talks about faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Um, And we pray a lot of prayers where we ain't necessarily, we don't necessarily have the faith for it because it's out of duty or the right thing to do, or somebody's hurting. So you want to pray, but did you really hear from God? Yeah. And then pray. And I think that our prayers would be a little bit more effective if we approached it that way. Yeah. I don't think it's a God sitting there picking and choosing which ones he wants to answer. But yeah. that's that's my relationship with God. It's usually a us versus a him when things don't go how we want it. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that for sure. All right. Uh, let me ask you a hard question. Uh, so you can say pass if you're like, I don't know, man. Pass. Uh, so one of the big arguments uh, from a cessationist standpoint mm-hmm. is that the gift of speaking in tongues was for evangelistic purposes only, mm-hmm. uh, which is, is weird to me because Paul talks about a heavenly language, a prayer language that nobody understands. Mm-hmm. And there's so many verses that would contradict that viewpoint, but it's still a, it's a tightly held belief that um, the day of Pentecost, right? This is what we're celebrating. Mm-hmm. Um, that on that day, they were filled with uh, the Holy Spirit. Tongues of fire came down. Mm-hmm. They speak in other languages and all of the people gathered uh, in Jerusalem for the the holiday, it's the it's the week of feasts. Mm-hmm. So they're they're there for celebration from all over the world, um, 
and they hear all these people preaching the gospel in a language they understand. Right. Uh, and so cessationists have taken that and said that the gift of tongues was for that moment uh, or moments like that so that it could be used for evangelism. That if, if I wanted to get up right now and travel to, uh, you know, I don't know, France and preach the gospel there, I don't speak French, but the Holy Spirit could give me the ability mm-hmm. to preach the gospel in, in French so that they would understand. Mm-hmm. Um, what's, what's kind of your take? What's from, from, I know we'll talk a little bit about your time at Karis uh, Bible College, and, and maybe you've got something from that. But uh, if, if you're talking with somebody and they're like, no, th- th- that gift was just for evangelism, how do you respond to that? Well, my thought is it's kind of a both and. I mean, it, to me, it's pretty evident that it's a personal prayer language, um, that you praying the wisdom of God um, is a thing that strengthens you, that lifts you up, that mm-hmm. builds you up. So, um, and that and that's what, in John, Jesus is talking about when he talks about, um, well, to me, that's what he's talking about when he talks about the purpose of the Holy Spirit, that he's going to lead God comfort. But, yeah. and it talks about also the, the in paraclete, the helper that's coming. Yeah. And it just talks about how you build yourself up on your most holy faith. Well, that's to me clear yeah. that that's for you yeah. versus me being out ministering to somebody else. Yeah. Now, I also think that that's, part of it also yeah. um, because yes that's what happened on the day of Pentecost they was hearing folks speaking a language that they did not know but that that person hearing it knew yeah. so I think it's both and um, but I clearly think it's biblical evidence to it being your personal prayer language yeah yeah I can agree with that uh, I also think that um, it, it may be even taking it too far to say that uh, it was the speaking in tongues that allowed them to hear the gospel because mm-hmm. uh, Peter gets up after this moment, because they're all like, what are these guys drunk? So like whatever they were hearing in their mm-hmm. language was not convincing them to follow right, Jesus. Right. They're like, these guys are fools. Like the, what is going on here? Peter gets up and and we don't know if he, he was preaching to them in, uh, in Aramaic or Greek, or but he clearly was speaking a language that the majority of the people understood because right. he preaches repentance. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's the first evangelistic sermon. Uh, and 3,000 people get saved, mm-hmm. not when they're speaking in tongues, but when Paul is preaching the gospel right. in the language that they could understand, mm-hmm. uh, which is probably Greek, um, maybe maybe something else. Mm-hmm. But um, So like even this idea that it was without speaking in tongues, these people wouldn't have been saved, like you don't see that in the text. Right. Uh, and, and that kind of brings me to this idea that uh, some people will look at charismatics and say, well, you put, you put such an emphasis on the Holy Spirit that now you can deviate from scripture because if right. the Bible says this, but then the Holy spirit told you this or gave you this dream or gave you this prophetic word, then, then you can go off in a direction that's mm-hmm. not biblical. Um, and I actually, I, I strongly believe in the exact opposite. I think that as a charismatic, I'm more glued to scripture, uh, than some cessationists because some cessationists will look at the weird stuff that charismatics do mm-hmm. and yeah. say, okay, I'm, I'm, even though the Bible talks about this here, I'm going to change what the Bible means there because I don't agree with, with the weirdness over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it just becomes this this battle of, okay, who really trusts the Word of God? Mm-hmm. I would argue the charismatic does. Mm-hmm. Like we, we're following, like if, uh, who is it? Uh, I think it's uh, Dr. Michael Brown talks about how if you locked somebody up, didn't know anything about Christianity, handed them a Bible, put them in a room for 10 years, uh, and just had them read the Bible. Right. When they came out, they would expect to see Christians laying hands on people, mm-hmm. demons yeah. coming out, speaking in tongues, yeah. healing the sick. Like you would, ex- that person would expect all of this. It's only when we start putting our personal experience or preferences mm-hmm. on top of the text that we come away with. Well, the Holy Spirit doesn't work like that mm-hmm. today. Yeah, yeah, and I think a big part of that is that when people experience things that they don't understand, a lot of times they'll they'll throw it out. And to me, it's so crazy that if you're a Christian, um, you have no idea how Jesus dying on the cross (laughs) actually took care of your sin. But you believe that. So to me, that that miracle is harder to believe than some of the other ones. Um, But there's many, many believers that don't believe some of those things that happened afterward or even the things that Jesus was doing. And he told us to go do those same works and even greater. So I get it that we don't walk in those things perfectly as a whole body. Um, But to me, letting man mess up, letting letting man, man's error and man's um, inability to 
um, do things perfectly the way God said it yeah. um, or to know all which God said we're going to know in part anyway. Yeah. Um, I think that letting man mess up what the Bible actually says is what's happening in a lot of in a lot of spaces It's looking at how mankind does things and then saying that can't be right. right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Versus just taking the word for what it is. And I don't care how many men, women, children try it, do it and don't do it right or make it weird. What does the word say? Yeah. Um, so to me, that's kind of where it all should fall is getting back to what the word actually says. Yep. And if we try it and it don't work, so what? Pick it up and do it again. Yeah. But my thing is, if you if your heart is to align with what God is saying, yep. um, that needs to be what leads and guides you. Align your heart with what it says. And then if if it don't work for you, it's not. God, it's look, figure, figure something else out. But you got to get your heart in a place to be able to do what God has told you to do. That's yeah. and, and even the, the Bible even tells us uh, itself that uh, test these things. Mm -hmm. Right. So like if, if somebody comes up to you and gives you a prophetic word, like by default, I'm not going to take that prophetic word yeah. and run with it. Yeah. I'm going to hear what they're saying. I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to match it to scripture. OK, mm -hmm. are, are they saying something that's contradictory? the right. scripture because if, if they are then that was bad pizza yeah that wasn't prophecy yeah uh and so the just having that that ability that freedom to say uh okay i'm not putting the holy spirit in a box of what he can and cannot do mm -hmm. but i'm weighing everything against the the written word of god right uh you know we always talk about you know uh, if you want to hear god's voice open up your bible yeah. uh and and so often we're like well i just want that holy spirit to speak to me when i'm when i'm having my my quiet time mm -hmm. it's like awesome read your Bible. Yeah. Like if you want to hear God speak, he did, he spoke, it's yeah. written down in his word. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so I, I feel like that needs to be our, our focal point, our emphasis. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, it's funny. I heard somebody say this, uh, a long time ago and it, it kind of, uh, connected with me. Uh, he said that he was a charismatic with a seatbelt. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm like, you know what? I, I feel like, <laughs> you know, skeptic Brent can mm -hmm. get on board with that right, language. Right. Like, like, I'm charismatic with a seatbelt. Right. Like, like just because you said the Holy Spirit did it, uh, I don't know that I believe you right. by default. Right. 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 Like yeah. Holy Spirit told me to wake up at three o'clock in the morning and, and go do this thing. And it's like, okay. And, and what happened next? And, you know, <laughs> right. are you sure? Cause I've had weird dreams too mm -hmm. that, you know, it's, it's, it's not necessarily the Holy Spirit. It could be yeah. right. Let's, yeah. let's weigh it. Let's. So I think that's where my seatbelt is. I think the, for me, the Bible is my seatbelt. Mm -hmm. Uh, is, is what I'm really getting at that, um, okay, there's some crazy stuff in Scripture, mm -hmm. right? And so that means to me that there can be some crazy stuff mm -hmm. in my life today. Right. Uh, but is it is it contrary or is it connected to? Mm -hmm. So uh, that's, that's how we – so kind of get from speaking in tongues because I, I feel like that's the one that most people struggle with. Like mm – -hmm. If, if you've got an issue with uh, charismatics, it's speaking in tongues. Right. I don't think anybody has an issue with somebody that's like, I want to go pray for, for people in the hospital that they be healed. Mm -hmm. Like my, my grandma got cancer. I want to pray for her to be healed. Like, I don't think anybody's going to be like, you know, that's not biblical. Yeah. Right. But right. it's the moment you're like, yeah, I was praying in the spirit the other day. You were doing what now? Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I feel like we've, we've kind of covered that. When we look at these other uh, gifts of, of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. um, what does that look like? Um, do you have any personal stories of uh, prophecy or word of knowledge, word of uh, uh, wisdom, uh, discerning of spirits, uh, healing, miracle? Um, well, healing for sure. Um, I would say healing is where I've seen God work the most. Okay. Um, throughout just my life, family's life, um, different things like that. So I would say, um, let me think what would be the best the best place to to go and what story um well just the just a simple healing story for for me personally and this is an easy quick one um i leave college and um i left with what i thought was a spider bite um i went to the went to the doctor down in lafayette and they told me oh yeah you got a spider bite and they lanced it and they feel packed it with some packing and all of this good stuff right so within that time frame couple weeks I go home to I'm leaving school and I go home and then somewhere else on my body this what looks like a spider bite pops out um so I'm like okay um I guess I got another spider bite in a whole different <laughs> yeah you know, with too many spiders, whole, whole different man. home I don't know what's happening here so within that time frame this girl um that I knew back in college she 
you know, back in the days before social media, cell phones, and all the rest of it. I had a cell phone, but I don't know if I. How, how old how, are you, man? Yeah, right. <laughs> she somehow she found my phone number at home, oh. um, and called me and said, "Hey, I've I had a what I thought was a spider bite, and went to the doctor, and they they said it was a spider bite, and then I went to another doctor, and that doctor said it's not a spider bite, it's MRSA, um, which is um, infectious." little disease right that um i think they say it's i don't know if they say it's incurable but i don't know that they know how to fix it in a moment so anyway so i'm like oh okay she's like you need to go to the doctor they're treating you with penicillin for the spider bite and that flares it up so that's why you start that's why it's getting worse i'm like well yeah because i got another one and i'm popped out of me she's like yeah i'm having the same thing so i go to the hospital because i didn't really have good insurance so it's not like go to the doctor just go to the emergency room so this is how we did it go to the emergency room for everything so i'm sitting in the emergency room and i'm reading a book by jerry savelle called seizing god given opportunities and literally for three hours i'm in the emergency room waiting to be seen and the i believe from reading that book the spirit of the lord rose up in me and said you're healed go home and i'm like yeah i grew up in that type of church and that's what i believe <laughs> You're healed, go home. And it just, I couldn't shake, you're healed, go home. And I got up and I left. And within days, it was gone. All, nothing else popped up. The hole that I had in my leg healed up, and that was the end of it. So, um, and it was just awesome. And there was no other way to explain what happened there. But to me, clearly, the Holy Spirit told me from sitting there reading the book that's clearly mostly full of scripture. Uh -huh. So I'm reading God's word and God's word in that moment rose up in me. And it was like, well, this is your God given opportunity. Do you believe this word you're reading that says you're healed? Yeah. Or you can sit here and, <laughs> and get your chill on. And God gave me that option. So I got up and I left and it went away and never came back. So um, I'm kind of from, from that camp, but I'm also smart enough to know that, um, I check with the Holy Spirit on things of the doctor. Yeah. It's like, I got this. Okay, well, should I go to the doctor? Okay, go to the doctor. Great. Um, or should I pray for it and keep it moving? Yeah. However, but that's kind of how I deal with healing. Um, yeah. When it comes to praying for people, um, same concept. But I, I, I've i 100% laid hands on somebody, and it's like, okay, I don't have a headache anymore. I don't have this. So I've seen healing. Mm -hmm. Since I was a, a kid, because um, yeah. that's just how my mother operated. Um, we were in, in a bad place, and she prayed for everything. And yeah. things moved and went away, and um, that's just how it was. Yeah. <laughs> the, that's the, the, the life I grew up in. So yeah. it's an awesome thing to be able to have that. But it's also awesome to use wisdom and, and exactly. do what, what's right. Yeah, um, and, 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 I mean, you're, you're married to a nurse, yeah. So it's like it, yeah. you're not in this camp of and this is this is one of those. It's like, OK, take something and take it too far. Mm -hmm. uh, that's where it gets weird, where it's like, OK, well, I don't need to see a doctor uh, ever because I've got the Holy Spirit right. and he's my healer. It's like, OK, well, what if the Holy Spirit wanted to heal you through the doctor? Yeah. Uh, right. And so like there, there's got to be wisdom. There's got to be balance. And, and we look, it's it's kind of a complicated subject matter, but it's the sovereignty of God mm -hmm. is, is what's most important. So can God heal everyone? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he can. Does that mean he will heal everyone? No. And you can get upset about that. Right. But the moment you get upset about that, you've now put yourself above God that, mm -hmm. that you know better than he does, or that what you think is right and good is more important than what he thinks is right and good. And when we when we elevate ourselves above the sovereignty of God or we start making declarations of, well, he's going to heal everyone that I pray for. And if he mm -hmm. if he doesn't heal them, that means they didn't have enough faith. Mm -hmm. I think you have taken like you need to put the seatbelt back on right. uh, like yeah. you, you've crashed this charismatic car uh, and done some serious damage. Mm -hmm. um, and so we just ha always have to have that balance mm -hmm. and that, that caution. Yeah. yeah, my uh, my weirdest story uh, for healing. Craziest story. Well, I've, I've got a few. Uh, one of them was there, I was in Mexico. Uh, there was an evangelist that came through to do a, uh, like a, a crusade, kind of a mini one just at the church. Uh, and, 
for some reason they picked me uh, to kind of assist as a translator. Now my Spanish mm-hmm. was like awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, like at one point, like this woman was talking about something and like, I didn't even know the, the English word for what she was talking right, about. Right. And then, so I'm like, yeah, there's something wrong with her back. And then later on, I realized it was like her kidneys or something yeah. like, Oh, he was, he was praying for the wrong thing. Right, right. And I'm just like, well, hopefully God knows what is supposed right. to be. But he prayed for this woman. Uh, and so I'm standing, uh, kind of between him and her. So she's standing here. He's standing here. I'm standing kind of in the middle to kind of, go back and forth, translate for him. Uh, and this woman came up with, it was, it was the gnarliest looking thing she had it. You played football. It looked like somebody took a football and stuck it like tip to tip, uh, uh, under her shirt. Mm. So like, it just, it just literally just like stuck out in the shirt. And like, it was just this massive, like size of a football, like Mm. massive growth tumor that she had coming out of her body. And, um, like he prays for her. I bow my head, I've got my eyes open, hands out, you know, both of them. And like her shirt, I literally watched as her shirt just fell flat. Mm -hmm. Like it was pushed out like football size. Right, right. And then all of a sudden it was laying flat against her skin. And Mm -hmm. I was like, no, I'm, 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 I'm standing there. I'm Mm -hmm. watching the, like, I, I can't explain that. Like that's, that's a supernatural healing. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So like there, there's indisputable moments in my life where look, there's some things where it's like, okay, did God heal that person or did the medicine they took a, a day mm-hmm. before finally kick in? Yeah. Uh, you know, was, was that person, but there's some miracles that, that I've seen where it's like, no, like I know this person, I know they weren't faking. There's a guy that had his leg crushed by a forklift. It mm-hmm. was a factory accident, leg crushed, like scars all up and down. It had multiple surgeries trying to repair it, had to walk with a cane. Like I literally watched this guy for years struggle to just walk. Right. Uh, I watched him get healed, toss his cane aside, and start running laps. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's one of those yeah. like yeah. I can't like how do you how do you just say well that's not real? Right. Like I literally yeah. saw all of this with my yeah. own eyes, and so yeah. uh, man, it's there's there's some cool things that happen yeah. uh, from the Holy Spirit. All right, so Karis Bible College, mm-hmm. what was that like for you? Um, I know that I, I don't know all of the, the teachings that you would have gone through, mm-hmm. but I know that, um, you know, the founder and, and the, the, the root of all that is very charismatic. And right. so, uh, what, what's some of the stuff that you learned from that, that you could pass on? Um, well, Karis was good. What really, um, impressed me the most is I was very familiar with Andrew Walmack ministries. Um, just cause he came to my church when I was probably seven, eight years old. So I was mm-hmm. familiar with his ministry. Um, or watch him on TV. Um, so pretty, pretty much know his, his beliefs when it comes to healing and different things like that. Um, but then once we got to school, it was good to, I quickly realized that the different instructors, they didn't line up in everything. Okay. The main thing was the main thing, 100%, but there's a healing class, for instance. Now, Andrew is one that, um, according to him has laid hands on his son and his son was raised from the dead and like. Hasn't been sick in a really long time. So I would expect going to his school that you're going to get all of that. Then one of my classes on healing was so interesting because the teacher went from you eating right to you exercising to you going to the doctor to to everything that those that get in the ditch on this side would be like, I didn't expect to be (laughs) told none of that i was just expecting to be told pray for it and it's healed so the one thing i quickly realized was the teaching was balanced um and that he had instructors in there who they didn't they didn't align on everything and that's okay because he was smart enough to know that he don't know it all (laughs) this pastor don't know it all this instructor don't know it all um, but if Jesus is the center and the heart of it is aligning with what the Bible says yeah. and not trying to um, take it somewhere else, but also understanding that the Bible says certain things that we could sit here and talk about all day and nobody yeah. have the right interpretation of what that really means. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say that that was one of the interesting things is this, just the balance that um, was being taught there. Um, so you're telling me I can't just pray away a bad diet? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> um, that was my plan. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. And and that's also, but it was good in this in this respect. We do a lot of things to harm ourselves. Yeah. So you got the teaching of 
there's no condemnation about it. Dust yourself off and try to align your life with doing what's right. Um, clearly, we both are overweight. Not clearly, you know, clearly. <laughs> and that's uh, that's against what the word of God says. Don't be a glutton. Um, it says that. <laughs> so um, where was I going with that? I was going somewhere. Uh, I think uh, you just were looking for an opportunity to yeah, talk the, the fact. Yeah, well, you that's... talked about the crock, so I figured I'd throw that, off, <laughs> throw that in there. I needed to get you back. Payback. But, but, um, but just, just the balance. The balance is what I really like. It's just... Um, we do things to screw ourselves up, so let's try yeah. to stop doing those. Yeah. Um, yes, let's believe God that the the harm that you've caused, yes, 100% God will heal that harm. Yeah. So don't feel bad about it. Also pray about it, but also stop doing the thing that's harming you. 100%. Um, <laughs> right. And, so, and we, we get that a lot with, uh, like, financial stuff. Like, mm-hmm. man, the, the probably the number, maybe the number two, number one prayer request from people is just, some kind of healing right number two is fix my finances right like i'm i just i can't pay these bills i can't do these things man 99 percent of the time if you were to sit down with that person they have a budgeting problem mm-hmm. like they 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 are spending money they don't have uh, on stuff yeah. they don't need yeah uh what's the rest that's uh, to to impress people they don't even like right right yeah. like it's like like <laughs> it's textbook like mm-hmm. Like I had somebody that was needing uh, needing help, and we looked at their their finances. They're paying like four hundred dollars a month on their TV bill. Yeah, and it's like, dude, you don't like no, yeah. like cut that out. Mm-hmm. Like, get serious about and this. You might get closer to Jesus in the process, right? <laughs> and and it's one of those. It's it's kind of like my joke about you know I can't just pray a bad diet away. Like mm-hmm. like I, sure I can pray that God blesses you and 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 you get a new job mm-hmm. and all this stuff. But if you continue making foolish financial mistake like i think that there's a point where god's just like no yeah like i'm you're not doing what you're supposed to do why why am i gonna do this supernatural thing yeah yeah and even in that i also think that i see it also from the standpoint that when you're doing those things you don't even put yourself in a position to receive not even from a god saying no but from a you're probably not going to even believe effectively (laughs) in what you're asking for because you're dealing with what you know you've done Right. You know what I mean? It's it's going to be much harder for you to see God's promise when you got something that you're doing on purpose in front of that promise. Yeah. It's going to be real hard for you to believe for that. Yeah. So I think that's a big part of it also is that we are putting ourselves in harm's way and we're doing things that um that that stops the promises of God from um just being fruitful in our life. Yeah. So I just think that's a big part of it. All right, let's uh, let's wrap up with this this question. Um, for somebody that wants more of the Holy Spirit in their life, mm-hmm. may, maybe somebody that's uh, doesn't feel like they've they've ever been filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not going to get into the whole debate of what what is the sign of being filled with the Holy Spirit right. or not. Um, I I personally don't believe you have to speak in tongues in order to be filled with mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit. I think that's a whole controversial thing. Yeah. But anyways, um, for somebody that's just like, look, I, I want I want to experience more mm-hmm. of Pentecost. I want to experience more of the power of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. that was promised to me. Not just not just the the peace that He brings, not just the, some of the fruit, but like I want I want to see more miracles. I want mm-hmm. to see more healings. I want I want to receive a, a prayer language. Or what would you say to that person? What what advice do you have mm-hmm. for them? I would say start with the Word, learn about it, read about it, um, get faith for it, um, and then you ha- once you start with the Word, the next step is obedience. Um, God will put you in positions to do things, receive things, um, to be his hands and feet, but only if you're going to be obedient. And a lot of times we'll get to places where we skipped a lot of steps of obedience and get to a place and it don't work out the way we wanted it to. When all along, God told you back there to do something different or he told you to go a different place. So as best as we can, of course, get in a word, learn about it. Um, fill yourself up with what the word says about those things, yeah. but then know that everything with God is a step of obedience. Everything yeah. with God is you trying to hear and obey. Jesus, he he went and healed the sick, and then he went and prayed and um, and talked to God and got the next assignment from God, and then he went and did the assignment, and then he went and prayed, and he spent time with the Father and got the next assignment, and then he went and healed people. Like if if the Son of God in the flesh had to um keep that flesh in constant contact with the spirit of yep. god yep. and he was god yep. but he still had to take that flesh yep. and go spend time with the father yep. to be able to allow 
himself in that flesh to go do things on this earth. Um, I would say we need to do the same thing. We need to follow that pattern of putting ourselves in a position here. And that's just spending time with God and not just, okay, yes, you got a habit of getting up, reading for 10 minutes, 30 minutes, whatever it is, but just realizing how good God is, realizing that he has a purpose for you and that ultimately the closer you can get to trying to walk in your, not only the big purpose for your life, but the day-to-day obedience steps, the more you're going to see the power of God. Um, And if you desire to see the power of God and you're doing those things, I think it will be inevitable that you'll see the power of God in your life. Yeah, I love it. It's beautiful. The only thing I would add to it is don't give up. Yeah. Uh, I had a friend uh, on Sunday receive his prayer language. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've prayed for him at least three different times for Mm -hmm. him to receive. I've had my mother who like it's like if, if if nobody can get you get you saved or whatever my mama can mm-hmm. uh, like she's she's the she's the prayer warrior. Yeah. Um, she's prayed for him on multiple times. Uh, we we've talked about. I mean, for the last five seven years, mm-hmm. he and I have talked about uh, Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and he was he's like since I was a teenager, I've been I've been or early twenties, I've been desperate for this. I've been hungry for mm-hmm. this. I've wanted this. Uh, I never receive it. Mm-hmm. Never receive it. Never receive it. Um, I can't tell you the number of services that I've been in with him where mm-hmm. he's gone up to receive yeah. prayer for that specifically. And on Sunday he received. Yeah. that's awesome. Uh, and it's just, it's one of those where it's like, man, I'm so uh, excited for him uh, that yeah. he, that he didn't give up. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. it was, it's like, this is something that I want. Like yeah. I, I, I want this. Uh, and it can be so easy to get discouraged when the thing that you want seems to be withheld from you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but he didn't let it stop him. Yeah. And uh, it's just, I'm, I'm excited for him. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And it's definitely, um, what's his name, who preached on Sunday? Dale Everett. Dale Everett. Um, the story about his father was an awesome story yeah. um, because it, it broke down that um, just the idea that you can get to that place where it happens for you however that came yeah. whatever our thoughts and reasons for when and where and if it's you or if it's god yeah. regardless getting there is the goal and i think that your friend you're talking about is going to be much better off um going forward because it's something he's desired and wanted and really um longed for but his trust and care and belief in it i think will be yeah. strengthened just in that journey of getting to that point yeah. So um, I don't think it's something that he at all will be taking lightly moving forward. Yeah, he, he'll never be able to take it for granted. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, hey, God makes things, he turn it into good one way or the other. Yeah. Um, so that's an awesome thing. Um, I would like to tell another story. Please, please. Um, I'm, I'm all for the stories. I think it's good and it shows kind of what I was talking about with the step-by-step process. But it also shows how good God is in your um, in your journey to actually being obedient. So um, I'm going to make this long story short because <laughs> it can be a long one. But there's a lot of good God details in it. Um, back to college. I was in college, and um, I had a roommate who abruptly left the day before it was time to pay the rent. Um, yeah, and, you know, the way, he, the way things were set up before cell phones was doing everything, he had to go back to his hometown to withdraw his money because his parents had him on a leash, which was true. Um, for the years I was living with him, that was the, that was the truth. Um, so, you know, he was going to go get it and bring it back. He disappeared, right? So four months later, um, being a young, dumb college student who, yes, 100% though knew Jesus, yes, um, went and acted a fool, but prayed in the spirit and did a lot of things, biblical things that as a believer I should be doing. Um, so I guess I should start this by saying God's married to you, whoever you are, um, if you've backslidden on him. Um, God, the word says he's married to the backslider. So just know that from the start with this story. Um, so one day coming from basketball, one of my other roommates um, said, man, where is so-and-so? I don't want to say his name. Um, where, where is he? He just disappeared with the rent. And I'm like, he's following the same pattern. He's probably right over there working out. That's what he did for three years when he was here. He went to work out at this time. So we pull in a lot, and there's his car, and he's in there working out. So um, this might be the first time the podcast get a little bit rougher than normal. <laughs> so we go get some alcohol, and we sit in the car and wait on him to come out. Um, so we're sitting there for an hour drinking, waiting on this roommate to come out. Now I know that the Holy spirit told me before we got to that point. Okay. Stop right here. 
don't don't do this. This is not going to turn out. So you're good. saying anger and alcohol are not yeah. a good mix. So I'm sure there was a warning from the Holy Spirit right there. Yeah. But I jumped. I, I ignored that hurdle. I ignored that warning. Okay. So an hour later, he comes out. The, my two buddies ready to jump out the car and just confront him right there. But I said, no, let's follow him home. I'm sure the Holy Spirit told me, Asa, no, don't follow him home. So we followed him home. And then when we get to his home, I think that's the, the first time the Holy Spirit actually that I actually settled down and heard, okay, you're doing too much, was right there when we got to his home. So they jump out the car. I'm about to jump out with him. And I was like, yeah, no, this is not going to work. So I instantly went into defense mode. We're not going to touch him. We're not going to fight him. We're not going to do this. But, yeah, are you going to ever pay us type of thing? Yes, question him on the fact that he's going to pay us. But stopping my um, two roommates at the time from causing any harm. So then we, we end up in his apartment, we thought, which ended up being one of his friend's apartments. He's like, yeah, I got the money in my apartment. And he walks in, and then he knocks on some door. And I'm thinking, that ain't your apartment if you're knocking on the door. We go in. Big ruckus in there with his friend. His friend is convinced like us that he's going to pay us. So his friend says, Chat, I'm going to say his name. If you're going to pay them, why don't I write them a check and you just pay me? So the friend writes. That's the a check. really trusting friend. I know, right? So the friend writes the check for the rent. And ex roommate's going to go get the money and give it to him the next day. So I get home. We leave. I get home and I'm. In a place where you spend time alone in the bathroom looking at this check <laughs> and I'm sitting there looking at the check and the Holy Spirit in me is saying, do not cash this check. Don't do it. Don't cash it. And I'm sitting there and I'm looking at it and I rip it up and I flush it down the toilet. I'm thinking that's the end of it. Two days later, we get the knock on the door and it's um, West Lafayette Police Department um, who um, has a warrant. I don't know if it's two days, a few days later, has a warrant for my arrest and the two friends that I was with for threats and intimidation, the class C felony, class something felony. So we go to jail. I get bailed out. Um, we end up with a defense attorney who says, check it out. Um, I've done a lot of cases in this county, and 99% of the time it's he said, she said, black versus white, you're going to jail. I'm like, yeah, that's no good. <laughs> um, so anyway, so he's like, so you should plead guilty to this misdemeanor. It's going to get knocked down, just plead guilty. So let's fast forward a few months. I get to the, to the, um, to the courthouse, and I'm up on the stand pleading guilty to this charge. Um, but I didn't know how these procedures work. I was new to, to court proceedings. So she's like, how do you more plead? experience now? No, no, good, no, good. no. This That's was the only experience. Okay. <laughs> right. But it, it had to be new if you was there. That was new. And that was the, it. that was it. So. Um, so how do you plead? I plead guilty. So she tell me to go sit in the jury box. So she went through every person that was there that day and did the same thing. If you didn't plead guilty, she gave you a trial date. If you was pleading guilty, you go sit in the box to actually come back and officially plead guilty. I didn't know that. The lawyer didn't tell me nothing. So now I have to go officially plead a, a few moments later. So she's like, put your hand on the Bible and repeat after me. So now this is probably just, you know, growing up in the church religion. You don't put your hand on the Bible and lie about nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so so I get there and I'm like, um, she's like, repeat after me. You, Asa Slaughter, plead guilty to this charge. And I said, hold on. I said, ma'am, I can't put my hand on this Bible and tell a lie on myself. And she said, you just said you was pleading guilty. Are you pleading guilty? Do you need to talk to your counsel? I said, he the one that told me to do this and told me I had no chance. So, no, I, I don't need to talk to him. But I'm not putting my hand on this Bible and saying that I did something that I didn't do. Because what he said I did was well beyond what happened that night. Now, yes, if I'd have just stopped in the car and did what the Lord told me, I wouldn't have been there. Yeah. I should have followed the sign from you the had beginning. A couple of opportunities. I had a bunch of opportunities. Yeah. So, anyway. So, I didn't plead guilty. Now I'm going to trial. Now let's fast forward. Um, and my lawyer, he just know I'm going to jail. So um, the defense opens their statements. And I mean, they painted the picture so well that I thought I was guilty. Like I was sitting there thinking, I am a thug running drugs. back. He, I was a thug running drugs from Chicago. Didn't have a job. Didn't go to school. There was a lot of lies that was told that was happening, right? So, oh, time out. I missed the whole, whole, the biggest Holy Spirit part of this. When I walked out of court, we're rewinding back to when I did not plead guilty. Mm -hmm. When I walked out of court, I get a phone call from my brother. How was your court date today? 
Now, I got two other, well, I got three brothers, but this brother had recently just kind of said, I'm done with living crazy. I'm just going to follow God. So I'm like, it was cool. He was like, how did it go? I'm like, man, I just, I couldn't do it. I couldn't plead guilty. He was like, I woke up at three o'clock this morning. He was like, I, the Lord woke me up. I had no idea why I was woke up, but I just felt like I should pray in the spirit. He was like, so I literally have been praying in the spirit since three o'clock this morning. And the Lord just released me and said, call your brother. And, and I didn't even know what was going on. He just told me to call you. And, and so I'm calling you. And apparently this is what I was praying for you about that. You would not plead guilty to that charge. And I'm like, all right, well, great. Well, if the Lord did it, I know I'm about to win this case when I go to court because literally the Lord had you praying in the spirit. You had no idea what you were praying for, but you was praying the perfect will of God. You were praying God's wisdom for the last three, four hours for me. Yeah. Um, so that's how the Holy Spirit is in Chicago using my brother to pray for me in Lafayette, Indiana. So long story short, I go to trial. I was found not guilty of any charges. Um, and through the whole time it was just i mean clearly it was evidence that the lord was involved but it was just a piece the whole time going through it that i mean i pretty much knew even though they painted a picture of me being this big bad wolf um that somehow i was not going to be found guilty when the odds said 99 percent of the time you're going to be found guilty because it's black versus white he says she said so that's a good holy spirit example um he can use you somewhere else praying in the spirit for somebody in your family, for somebody anywhere. So even if being filled with the spirit is something that's nervous, a nervous thing for you, it's worth it because you could save somebody else in your own family's life by praying in the spirit. So that's my take. That's why everybody should Beautiful. be filled with the spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, actually speaking in tongues too, because that's an awesome thing and it saved my life. And I've never been in a courtroom, maybe for a traffic ticket, <laughs> but I've never been in a courtroom facing anything since. And I've been dumb since. But that was one example <laughs> don't, of- Don't admit to that on a podcast. Yeah, yeah, that, a, that was, that was yeah. an example of God being married to a backslider, but also God using your prayer language to benefit somebody else. Yeah. So. That's one of those things that I love that the, the Holy Spirit was was trying to lead you on the right path. Yeah. And you were just Being bullheaded. Like you just you're just I'm committed to go in the wrong direction. Right. And he just kept at you, kept yeah. at you, kept at you. Uh even in that courtroom. Yeah. Whether that was Holy Spirit or just mama in the back of your head, whatever. Going, don't you put your it hand worked. on a Bible and lie. <laughs> right. It worked. <laughs> right? Like but but to even have your brother uh, praying that moment, like it's 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 amazing, and I can't tell you how many stories I've heard that are similar in the sense of somebody has no idea what's going on in somebody's life, but the Holy Spirit's like pray, yeah. Uh, and when you're obedient to that, and then you find out, you know what what was going on, mm -hmm. it's 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 kind of a cool thing to know yeah. that the Holy Spirit was using you in that way. Yeah. It was awesome. So you can't really talk me off of uh, <laughs> the Holy Spirit and His power. Um, and the fact that he will lead and guide and it don't have to be so such a big deal if we'll follow the little promptings from the beginning. Yeah. You know, we don't have to get ourselves in such a bad way yeah. um, because God is always there trying to lead, guide, comfort, make you make better decisions. Yeah. So no, I love it. It's yeah. awesome, man. Thanks for sharing your story. No problem. All right. Well, we'll be back uh, next week. We're going to actually continue this kind of conversation about the Holy Spirit uh, for the next couple of weeks. Uh, so I hope to see you there.